Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke smoke it it if you've got got it. it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Gio. I'm Megan Gomez. I'm Dan Rockwood. And this is Collateral Gaming with... Victims and Villains. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting across the United States, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And uh, once again, we have four of us joined together All for right. this episode. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh yeah! It's always a party when we can get everyone on. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. We let's hopefully we. Oh God! What? <laughs> I hope we can. Sur- I hope we can survive this episode. <laughs> so far, we're not doing too hot. It's okay. Yeah, I, I almost, I almost crashed and burned right there, but it's okay. Stick with it. So once again on a game launch review, Mr. Dan Rockwood from Victims and Villains, and we've got both Zach and Megan. Uh, tonight to talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but uh, before we get into that, how's it how's it going, guys? It's going well. Uh, still getting married. Haven't fucked that up quite yet. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> no, um, things are going really well. Started a new job. Uh, Love and life. Cannot wait. Tears of the Kingdom launches tomorrow. Since uh, we're recording the night before the launch of Tears of the Kingdom, so everything is smooth sailing. Super happy, and I've missed you guys quite a bit. Yeah, we've missed you too. Um, so as of the date of recording this, um, I am moving into a house after four years. So I'm freaking stoked. Um, things are going really well here in Georgia. Um, it's definitely a change from Texas. And I miss my breakfast tacos and my and uh, my sweet tea. That's, that's Texas sweet tea because it's different. And my big red, for sure. But other than that, things are going really swimmingly. Um, what about you, Ash and, and Dan? What about you guys? Well, I could go for some breakfast tacos. That sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> They're so good. Oh, dude, they but, splat. <laughs> uh, things have been uh, pretty good with me. My, my wife and I just bought a house like a few months ago. So we moved into there and set up my game room and, and did all that. So that's been awesome. And, and just playing a lot of great games since then. Other than that, nothing major to report um, apart from a new Zelda game in two days. So we've all been psyched about that. And uh, yeah, sleep has been hard to come by. I'm just thinking about Zelda all the time and we're not talking about zelda today but i'm it's on my mind i'm excited to play it we're just a couple days away dan you and i are kindred spirits (laughs) yep hell yeah hell yeah as for me um i just moved to houston so uh this is the first official collateral gaming episode with that setup i just moved into a little apartment by myself uh, a couple miles from work i didn't even bring a car with me because fuck driving in houston traffic 
Absolutely. And the car that I would have had to take with me was a standard, and fuck that even more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm getting by via bus and Uber, and it's actually just fine. I'm about two miles from the Galleria where I work, um, and it's, uh, it's a nice little apartment. I like it. it, it it's, uh, I mean, for the, for the price that I'm paying, it's, it's actually great. That's good. Yes. Is it like yes. decent size? Like how big is it? It's a one bedroom, um, but it's pretty spacious for one. Maybe I'll show you guys whenever we get off of this. Please do. Yeah. Cool. But hey guys, if you take that part out of context, it sounds. Really <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> it sounds awful. Oh gosh. All right. Exciting. But uh, yeah, a lot of what I've been doing in this new apartment is playing some Jedi Survivor because, ooh, boy, uh, we have been heavily anticipating this game, right, guys? Hell fucking oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm really pumped for it. So, yeah, we have been waiting for this game um, ever since its uh, last installment, uh, which was actually the very first uh, episode that Megan appeared on. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so I- fun. I can't believe it. We're here at the sequel, and it's, it's, what, four years later now? 2019 is when it launched, I believe. I think that's when Respawn decided to try their hand at uh, action-adventure RPG They did type freaking stuff. amazing. I'll, oh, t- I'll tell yeah, you what. They did. Oh, Fallen Order is a bop, and Survivor, Survivor is doing such a good job following that shit up. Oh, oh my God. Like, I don't love EA for what they did with the Mass Effect series because they kind of mm-hmm. fuck some shit up, but... Damn, do I love Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order. E, 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 E. EA in general can be such a hit or miss, it feels like, and, and this yes. is definitely a hit for them. Um, but it, it's funny, so Jedi Fallen Order, so Megan, that was your first episode. I think mm-hmm. I joined, my first episode was probably like one of the Legend of Zelda episodes you guys did, and I remember I was playing Fallen Order because I didn't play it at launch. It was a few years after and so I had mentioned it, and you all loved it so much, and so we're, we're telling me about it. Um, so it's funny how, like, well-tied to this game series this this podcast is, and you all are. Um, but, yeah, this sequel, it just, it it nailed it. I mean, if you like the, the first game, you'll like this one. If you didn't like the first game, you probably won't like this one. Like, I don't think it, <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't change the formula in a way that, you know, would would shift things in a totally different direction, but it definitely gives you more of what made the first game so good. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. You can truly see um, we're not going to get into spoilers with this episode, obviously, because there are quite a few people who potentially could listen to this and haven't played through the game, but you can definitely see just how uh, not only has EA kind of kept this smooth formula for what made this game work so special as far as like controls, combat, gameplay, fluidity, but also you can tell that Cal is a much more mature. Uh, yes. Jedi, he's a Jedi yeah. Knight at this point. He's a full-fledged Jedi Knight that is actively working to try and stop the Empire in its tracks. At the very beginning of the game, you can just see that Cal is just... He's he's just moving forward and nothing is going to stop him. And Megan and I have actually been uh, blessed with enough time to actually finish the game. And obviously, we're not going to spoil anything for you guys. Duh. But the more you progress through the game, the more intense it gets. And it's yes. just a, it's a wild ride. And it's a really, really fun time that uh, I, I guess this isn't really a spoiler. Uh, 
But from the get-go, well, no, it's not, because EA mentioned this when they kind of gave us a hint at the game, but you start the game with everything that you finished Fallen Order with, which is perfect yeah. because it doesn't it doesn't hold your hand like a lot of brand-new RPG action-adventure games with skill trees do. Like, God of War Ragnarok was a great game, but they kind of held your hand, and you had to start from scratch from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot more linear, so that was a little bit more painful for me. But with uh, with Survivor, you start the game with everything that Cal learned by the end of the previous title, Fallen Order. And it's fantastic because it allows you to just basically jump right in and get right into the action. And it shows you that Cal is this Jedi Knight that has mastered what he knows so far and has not stopped for anything. His passion for stopping the Empire and upholding the Jedi Order is still burning bright. And it's fun because you get to jump right in and it's immersive enough to take you on this just this journey, which yeah. is something that EA did perfectly. And I'm going to get off my soapbox now because there's four of us and I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I agree. And also um, something that I see in this game and, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they love Star Wars, but they only like the trilogy or they, you know, they hate this or whatever, you know, there's always going to be that type of fan in any fandom. Um, but I feel yeah. like the developers that are developing this game and, and others that, you know, they're going to continue to make because, you know, they're going to, they're going to try and remake some other titles from what I've heard, or there's been rumors at least. Um, They, they, you have real fans of, of the original George Lucas films and there's tie-ins to things. Um, There's some little like Easter eggs that you get that tie into the original series and you can feel like the energy and you can feel the, the absolute just, um, trying to think of the word that i'm coming for like the completion of like the the tie-ins and um really just like the cohesiveness of the star wars universe even though you're playing a video game like it feels like you're watching a star wars project but you're playing the star wars project and you're playing this this jedi knight that's you know somehow caught up in in the timeline and you know is just trying to figure things out as you know he was a child when when order 66 happened and he's just trying to live and literally survive in this new universe. Um, and, and it was so exciting for me. You know, I wasn't really the biggest Star Wars fan. I was more of a Trekkie up until I was a full-grown adult because my dad was like, no, Star Trek is better. And y'all know, I've talked about my dad a few times on the podcast. My dad is set in his ways. He's an old man. Um, but, uh, 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 sir, my dad is 74. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I really got the chance to feel like a giddy little kid again with this game because it's just you feel excited about some things, but there's some things where you're just like, holy fucking shit, like this man is not here to play around or fuck around. Like he is on some Obi-Wan level shit. Like how many Metachlorians you got, motherfucker? <laughs> oh, dude. I, see, the thing is, I don't think Cal could even touch Darth Vader. And that's what's so well, special about that was it. prevalent by the end of the first game right i mean <laughs> oh yeah dude you would be wise to surrender yeah oh probably. that still gives me chills to this <laughs> day so oh. i will say that i think that these games are like they actually feel like star wars trilogy movies yes um, the, just you good know, ones, not the not the sequels. <laughs> All right, Zach. Good, All right, good movies, not the sequels. <laughs> but down down to the music and like even like the little cutaways between scenes and everything. I mean, it, yeah. it's just right there. The storytelling, and I love how the way that this game starts off. You know, like in Coruscant, uh, Cal is in cuffs. He appears to be in custody. I mean, this feels like a second game and or a second movie in the trilogy. Set. Yeah, it feels like Andor. 
I haven't watched Andor yet still. So uh, either. No, no, to be honest, I haven't either. It's no. ass. Don't watch it. How am I ahead of y'all? I don't you guys understand. Get on that. God. It's um I, Is I have really good. It's so good. Yeah, I it's not my favorite Star Wars thing, but I really like it. And I think everyone should watch it. If you're a Star Wars fan, you should watch it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it fills in some really cool gaps before Rogue One, uh, which is, mm-hmm. one, is one of my favorite movies. So. Oh, Rogue One is so fucking good, dude. And it feels oh. like that kind of project. Like, it's like everyone didn't know what to expect with Rogue One. And then, you know, everyone loved it even more than the sequels. And it felt like a cohesive project. And then I am, Zach. I am, I am one with the force, and the force is me. I'm <laughs> My heart. This is the do, way. Do you guys think that there are any nods to Andor in this game? I can't say because I haven't pl- watched it. Um. So I mean, there is mentions of Cal working for Saw Guerrera. Right. Um, yeah. So one that's the only. Mentioned, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which that's the only like feeling that we kind of get. But I mean, like at this point, because this game is five years after. So this is for ABY. So it's four years before the explosion of the Death Star. So that's where we're at in the timeline in this game. Wouldn't that be BBY? Or, yeah, yeah, BBY. I'm sorry. Right. I'm, but I'm glad that you looked it up because I didn't I know did. specifically. I, know I this researched is it. Five years after Fallen Order, which is five mm-hmm. years after the prequels, or Revenge of the Sith specifically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 10 years after the events of Order 66, you know, we've got this more hardened Cal who's kind of got, you know, a little bit of stubble going on. And you can even customize him and give him a full beard, as you should. Give him a mullet and a beer can. Hell yeah, yeah brother. Oh God, have y'all seen that? I love oh that you can God. just go full redneck with him if yes. you want to. It's yes. phenomenal. I, I, I played the entire game with him just with long hair and a full beard. <laughs> y'all y'all I know just... I gave him the full beard and, and, and the man bun. As soon as I saw the man bun, Alan screeched. And he was like, babe, babe, Texas, they have the man bun. And I was like, I love him so much. He was like, tell Ash about the man bun. Tell him where to find it. I was like, okay, you got it, babe. <laughs> so I got, awesome. I, got, I got Cal rocking the man bun because, you know. Man bun like, and the full beard. You know, I, just, I just got it. And the full beard. Um, yeah, yeah. I love how many customization options they give you. The last game lets you pick ponchos and uh, the color of your clothes. And uh, you could pick BD1's color and the Mantis's color. This game lets you customize the color of each individual item of clothing. It lets you change Cal's beard and hair and, and, and each piece of clothing. It lets you change uh, the appearance and color of every single one of BD's components, of the lightsaber components in even more detail from the last game, and of course the blaster, which is new to this one. Did you know that whenever you change the color of the lightsaber, it changes the sound of the lightsaber? I didn't know that. It's very slightly, but it does. Also, if you're not rocking the white like Ahsoka, you're wrong. I rock the purple. That's fair. I I know it's canonically blue, and most in most games I'd like to go with the canon. But I don't know. As soon as I knew, as soon as like in Fallen Order, when it lets you pick, and purple was one of the options, I went with it. And that was before there mm. was an official canon color. Although, I guess from like the flashbacks, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. In this game, I decided at the first opportunity I got, I was gonna have to stick with the purple because fuck yeah. 
Sam also, motherfucking Jackson purple. True. <laughs> also, can we just talk about Cameron Moynihan's performance in this game? He oh, is an fantastic. incredible actor, mm-hmm. but he really brings this character to life. And I love how dedicated he is to the character. So when he was talking about the game at Star Wars Celebration, he was like, yeah, that's great and all, but does Cal get his fucking poncho? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, Cameron Moynihan, yes. Like, I love so, that clip so much. Me too. He's so dedicated to his character and he's a big Star Wars fan. And I love that he like loves the series so much that he like is this invested in it and is just as invested as the fans. Also, um, y'all, I'm just speaking it into existence now. Um, this is not a spoiler because it's been out for quite some time. But BD-1 was in The Mandalorian. So canonically, somewhere, Cal Moynihan exists. Or Cal, Cal Moynihan. Yeah, this Cal game Cal- is canon <laughs> to my knowledge. Yeah, so, it's canon. The whole series yeah. should be canon at this point. I mean, let's yeah. be real. Everything Cameron Moynihan. Oh, yeah. go ahead, brother. Oh, so yeah, everything that Disney puts out or, or everything that, that's put out and approved by Disney is canon at this point. It's just rest yeah. assured. And he did was Disney in a commercial with um, Mark Hamill, so. I was about to say, did Disney have was... anything to do with... Uh... This game? No. Yeah, the game. They, they posted they about okayed it, though. It. They greenlit yeah. it, obviously. Yeah, the Disney relationship is so bizarre with the video games because when they took over Lucasfilm, they kind of dissolved LucasArts as a studio, which had been doing the Star Wars games up to that point. Um, and then EA was able to kind of take over and, and fill that gap. And again, with hits and misses, it's like they had, you know, they rebooted Battlefront and Battlefront 2, which was had good and bad parts to it. But then Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor is where they've really hit their stride with this. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's evident that it is being made by a team of Star Wars fans and by people who understand the material. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know who the, the game director or the designer is. I wish I did. But I know on the show side of things, you've got Dave Filoni, you've got uh. Favreau, like... They're so committed to making sure they get this right. And I feel like there are, you know, multiverse versions of them on the game side now, kind of making sure that the video games get it right. And that's really cool to see as a fan. So I credit Respawn Entertainment, the developers of this game, despite EA. That's the way we put it in the first episode, too. You know, with Fallen Order is in spite of EA, Respawn managed to make a great game. I mean, and this mm-hmm. is the same game studio behind um, uh, for art. Uh, sorry, Apex and uh, Titanfall, right? Yep, Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Right, because Titanfall mm-hmm. and Apex are in the same universe, aren't they? Yep, yeah. they are. Yeah. So yeah, and Respawn has done a great job once again. I think one of the things we were worried about in the Fallen Order episode, you remember, Megan? We were like, EA, please don't fuck this up. Because Mm -hmm. what it appears that they did is that they let Respawn or this specific team of developers at Respawn do their own thing. And it worked. And so, you know, like the hope here was is just keep letting them do that. And thankfully they did. Um, Seems to be very little interference from the big evil mega corporation EA, which is good because, uh, yeah, I think this game is, uh, it's everything that the first game was, like you said earlier, Dan, and even more. I mean, the my only complaints are um, it, it, it did come out a little unpolished, and that I will blame EA for. That's, that's where, like, deadlines yeah. start coming in. And what's funny is they delayed the game once, right? But... I feel like they could have delayed it a little bit more. I mean, was there really a whole lot of pressure to get it two weeks before Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom? 
Yeah. Say, you take that back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and it's not like it's like a, a major, you know, first party game that like Sony or Microsoft would be trying to push out. Right. So it's they have more flexibility with those release windows if they wanted to. I think for the most part, and I mean, we can get the negative out of the way because in my opinion, there aren't that many. But the performance issues at launch were definitely part of it. Yeah. Um, I encountered yeah. some of it. I'm playing on PS5. But I found if I was in performance mode, that's where I would see screen tearing and that's where the game would crash on quality mode. Yeah, the frame rate would be locked, but it still it looked it's an amazing looking game and, and it was stable for me. And they have since released patches to help with the stability of it. Um, so, I mean, I don't think for me it wasn't game breaking, but I do know people who have said that it, you know, every like half hour of playing their game would crash. Um, yeah. and, and Zach, yeah. I think you, you had like your performance issues were worse than yeah. mine, right? Yeah. It made me feel like my PS5 was shitting the bed, but, uh, for every, like literally every like 30 seconds or so, I would have massive screen tearing insane really? frame drops it, it was bad yeah that that update like completely changed the game for me i actually really wow. did enjoy i got about two-thirds of the way through the game before they dropped that update and i actually yeah. hated the game up until that point because uh with what was going on i didn't really vibe with the story i didn't really vibe with how the game was running i did i just i wasn't enjoying it and then I got to a part in the story that kind of changed my mind about the whole thing. It made everything make sense. And they dropped the update. And I was like, holy shit, this game's fucking awesome. And so, but yeah, my PS5 was, my, my PS5 had like full-on diarrhea when the game came out. It was <laughs> wow. Okay, so. I didn't notice anything at first. And I'm also playing on PS5. Um, but the after right way you, to play. After you mentioned it, um, I, I did notice a couple frame drops, you know, in some of the in some of the more like intensive areas. I did notice mm -hmm. some frame drops. Uh, since the update, I haven't noticed it. So that's I think they did a good job with the update. I heard the PC release was really bad. Yeah, uh, rest in yeah. peace to all the PC players. Uh, out I there. heard that I too. I have a friend who's playing it on PC, and they're they're having a really rough time with it. Alternatively, I played it on the Xbox um, because we played the first one on the Xbox, and it mm. ran beautifully. The only time we had crashes, and I don't know if it's because the system got too hot because it is a very large game, even though we have the new um, 1S, I know that, you know, it, this is inevitable regardless of what gaming system. If you're playing for six fucking hours and it's a big game like this, things are going to happen. Um, I think we only had a few crashes, honestly. We we had like one or two screen tears whenever Alan was just going like a fucking ham because, you know, that's Alan. Um uh, but other than that, we had really great performance on the Xbox One S. It played beautifully. We had a great time with it. Um, I didn't really notice any issues, but yeah, from from y'all and from friends that have PC, they noticed a lot of issues. But the only thing I had was after like five, six hours of play, and we had been going at it, going through the really tough parts is when we would have crashes. I had like one crash, I think. Um, but that does seem to be a recurring trend. And it mm -hmm. might have to do with the fact that when you're developing for a console, you know, you're... you're, you're, you're um, developing for a um like dedicated hardware you know it's gonna yeah. be the same graphics yeah. card and everything it's not so, variable yeah it's a known but there's a lot more variables with pc <laughs> yeah exactly yeah when i was at pax east this year i spoke with a developer while i was demoing a game and we i asked him about preview codes specifically for getting a, a closer look 
And he said, yeah, yeah, like, we'll definitely be interested. And um, I asked about platform availability. And he said, well, whenever we do like review codes, we like to send them out on PS5 um, or whatever console. The reason is, is that they know from for the reviewer, they're getting a very like curated experience on console. And he's like, I've had issues with PC. I sent a PC code to somebody and they're using like a, you know, onboard like motherboard graphics card. Like they're not using like good, good specs. And it's just it's a mess. And that will affect the review of the game when really the game was fine. They're just playing it on a crappy piece of hardware. So I I have found that developers tend to prefer to like showcase their games on console. And yeah. I usually like I, I really like my gaming PC, but I prefer to play on console usually anyways. Um, just because like I, I I have a desk job. I sit at a computer all day. So when I want a game, I want to like lay on my couch and play a game. Exactly. Uh, Take that PC master race. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now, to, yeah. Be honest, to be honest, I think we're getting to the point where I mean, yeah, PCs are great and all that, but nothing beats comfort yeah. of sitting on a couch, just playing a console leisurely, not worrying about competitive bullshit. And exactly. Survivor, Survivor honestly is a prime example like i think that uh we we for the past few years we've kind of been in an age of unoriginality where things have been uh and i mean there's a lot of good things about that you know there have been a lot of remasters revamps a lot of things that have been kind of bringing back childhood i mean to be honest me and ash popped the hell off when they announced metroid prime remastered but it's it's a remaster of metroid prime and while that was a lot of fun i want metroid prime 4 we're not talking about that but the beginning of 2023 has been a prime time for games we have gotten we have gotten jedi survivor we got ragnarok last november um, we're getting Tears of the Kingdom tomorrow night at midnight. Later on this year, we're getting Spider-Man 2. It's just we're entering a time where there's so many new things coming out that are just revamping us gamers up and getting us excited to enjoy these things. And Survivor kind of took that and sprinted with it because yeah. it, it gave you the chance to kind of sit down and immerse yourself in you know, the world of Cal Kestis again, because everybody who played Jedi Survivor fucking loved it. If you have an issue with Survivor, I'm sorry, or not Survivor, but if you have an issue with Fallen Order, then obviously you and I played a very different game because that game exactly. is incredible. And yeah. this, this game, Survivor, was a chance to dive back into that world and continue that story. And it does a beautiful job of being gripping and pulling you in and not letting go. Like I no, finished, I finished the game about like, it the entire time. It's like Ragnarok. It sucks when you I, the fuck in. When I went to work, I would think about that shit while I was at work. And as <laughs> soon as I'd get home, I'd play. Um, so when games manage to kind of suck you in and keep you enveloped, and honestly, shout out to Respawn for taking their formula for allowing you to play game after game after game uh, on games like Apex and take that immersiveness and put it into a story-driven game. And shout out to EA for letting them take the reins on it. It really shows just how far we've come and it makes me really excited for the future. So I, I'm just, I love Survivor and it kind of sucks that we can't dive into spoilers, but you should really have a chance to play it and experience it for yourself. Oh, 100%. But and that's the one exploration thing to- in this game alone. I, I'm sorry, Megan, go ahead. You're fine. Uh, that, that's what I was going to say. You were talking about like the gaming industry. That's one thing too, is I feel like the gaming industry and like even creative content in itself, like movies and shows and stuff, we go through ebbs and flows as a society. Um, so we have times where it's like, you know, like you were talking about like a uh, revamps and remasters, like 
people are getting older and, you know, they're wanting to show their kids or they're wanting to play these games again, but they sold their GameCube or, you know, whatever. Um, so we get to we get to dive back into that sense of nostalgia, which brings us in and gets us interested in gaming again for us to be ready for the new stuff. So it's like rewatching, you know, an old season of a show before the new season starts. And in, yeah. in my personal opinion, um, and I and I love that we kind of have that because it's not like hitter after hitter after hitter. You get a little bit of an ebb. And then there's the flow of these new amazing games of here's Ragnarok, here's uh, Fallen Order, here's Tears of the Kingdom. Like, it's like you get ready. It's like the roller coaster going back up for that exciting new drop. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, I just hope that I just hope I, the uh, drop doesn't take us so low that we don't get a bunch of new stuff for a while. I'm sorry. That's Dan, true. That's what's thrilling about it, though. And uh, I, I just started watching through uh, Gilmore Girls for the first time. So I hear exactly what you're saying with uh, going back. Zach doesn't like that. Um, but <laughs> no. this, I'm on a uh, so the area I'm I'm still like fairly early in the game. I mean, I'm maybe like 10 hours in, but this, this is a big ass game. Um, it is. And, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I'm in. There's a very cool like the planets and locations in this game are so cool. And I'm in a really amazing desert area. And it reminds me of, do, you, do any of you remember when the PS5, before it launched, when they were doing um, press for it, they showed a technical demo and they showed a, what could be a, um, like a Tomb Raider demo, but it wasn't Tomb Raider. It was just a like third party thing they put together, but it was wearing yes. a tomb. And they showed like the polygon count, like everything on the walls and how the lighting was affected. And they they showed the load times like they they showed what this console could do. And Jedi Survivor feels like this desert area. It feels like they saw that demo and was like, oh, we can do that with Star Wars. And, and they just pulled right into it because it's so cool because you can see something in the distance um, almost like a Breath of the Wild moment, and then you play for like 30 minutes, and then you're able to get over to it after you know traversing this like Metroidvania type um, you know maze that they include in each level, and uh, it's it's just so cool. And it's like, yeah, the, the story is great and the combat is great, but some of the most fun I've had has just been like running along walls and climbing up mountains and just yeah. exploring like the different like secrets and stuff that are there. It's it's such a yeah. cool you know, world and literally multiple worlds to explore as you go through. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary, man, because we're getting to a point where, <laughs> I mean, AI are developing whole <laughs> fucking videos of like the president <laughs> saying some shit. I watched a video earlier today of a completely AI generated pizza commercial, and that shit had me dying laughing. Oh, oh, I, so AI generated cool. a collateral cinema episode and a collateral gaming episode. Yep. Yeah, but we're yeah, we don't. Point. I don't exist. It's fine. Well, we're getting to, <laughs> we're getting to that point where things are becoming so realistic and so detailed that pretty soon we're going to start playing video games that looks like we're watching a fucking TV show, a live action TV yeah. show. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm scared, but I'm also really excited to see that because once we get to that point, how much better is it going to get? You know. It's been a long five years. We've tried to resist. Fear and mistrust rule the galaxy. Cal. 
Look into the fire. It will warm you. Keep you company. But left unchecked, it will consume everything until there is only ash. How could you let the galaxy fall to this unworthy machine of an empire? <laughs> Hope may feel beyond her grasp. But I think we finally found somewhere the empire can't reach us. Imagine. No more looking over your shoulder. A place that's worth fighting for. No matter the cost. Yeah, and with the power of the next generation of con or the current generation of consoles, I'm glad that this game wasn't exclusive, by the way, because with the power of current gen, um, we really can bring that to life. Like you said, this is damn near close. This is as, as close as we've gotten to like watching, you know, television. Besides, like I I would say, like The Last of Us, you know, like this Aww, is yeah, this is really really good. I mean, you can see like yeah. the finer details of. Uh, Megan, you said it was Cameron Moynihan. Cameron Moynihan. Yeah, That's Cameron how I've Moynihan. heard it. Yeah. yeah okay. it's, it's Moynihan. Moynihan. Okay. Mo it's Irish. Is he really? That makes sense. He's a ginger. Well, I was just saying that yeah. the, the name is. But that yeah, um, Cameron Moynihan. Like you can like see like the individual strands of his hair and everything. And yes. So, you know, it, it's just such a, it, it's such a beautiful experience. And and piggybacking off of something that you said, Dan, I love how these worlds are even more open than the last one. I think that that's really where they improved on the formula of uh, of the last game and that, you know, it's significantly less linear. I mean, it is still a linear experience, but every planet kind of has more of an open feel to it and there's much more to do. I mean, even whenever you first land on Kobo, you know, the first planet besides Coruscant, which is the prologue that you that you come in on and the... the uh, Kind of the equivalent of uh, Bogano in some ways, but also, oh, Bogano, yeah. but also more than that because it has its own like whole areas that. And Kobo uh, is fucking huge. Yeah, it's huge. it is. Oh, it's ridiculous. These maps are so fucking big, y'all. Like I cannot handle this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, it's like, oh, you're fifty percent explored. I'm like, oh, cool. That's the surface. Yeah. Literally the surface of the planet. It just wait. <laughs> it's so yeah. big. And I don't think there are really that many planets in the game because I'm most of the way through the story and I've only unlocked, what, Kobo and uh, Jetta along with Coruscant. Um, so, like, like, like uh, Fallen Order, there aren't that many planets, but they're significantly bigger. And so it makes the whole, like, retreading and exploring new areas of each planet, you know, that kind of Metroidvania-style progression, like you were saying, um, it makes that all the more... Um, refreshing because i mean these areas feel wholly different and there's just so much more to do and like i feel like the like i've gotten through the story pretty quickly but then i just come to realize like how big each section is and how long it takes to get through it and there's so much to do in between and uh the game is uh is really good about giving you the opportunity to go back and kind of decide 
you know, where you want to go each chapter. And so, you know, there's just plenty to do. There's more side questing available. I mean, we have got these different kinds of collectibles, but um, they all, like, have different purposes and work in different shops. And then we've got full-on side quests now, and that's yeah. something that's new. Mm-hmm. The side quests are so cool, and there are things that relate back. Like, there's more of, of like, a hub area and places mm-hmm. that you can go back and you can revisit and the details in these areas, I think in the first game, there was the planet that the the Jedi Temple was on, if I remember. It felt a little bland to me. It felt just like these large landscapes, but there wasn't a lot of detail there. And yeah. here, you can. it really feels like you can get lost in the amount of detail and, and uh, different mm-hmm. things that you can go. Um, the town on, on Kobo that you can go into, like, the saloon if you want. And there's, like, a, a garden rooftop that you can go. Saloon! Like works with stuff. Yeah, Uh, it's just it's so cool. And I think that's my favorite thing that there are there have been times where I've taken a detour of like an hour or two. And it's like, let's just run around and see what there is to see on this planet. And it's cool. There's like fishermen you can meet. And there's just there's other stuff to do outside of the main quest. And that's such a a fun thing to get lost in, especially for like a Star Wars property, because there's so much stuff in the Star Wars universe to do. So it's really nice when a game allows you to take the time to do that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, we're getting to that. We're getting to that point where that third game is going to be massive, and I'm yeah. really excited to see where they take it because you've got Fallen Order, and then you've got Survivor, which feels almost twice as big, and then the third game, which honestly they could call it Jedi Redeemer or something like that. That'd be pretty dope. I want to see what kind of abilities you can get in the next one. I mean, because this one really you become like, God. Yeah, <laughs> this you really become Obi Wan, and, right. and you start with everything that you had in Fallen Order: the Jedi flip, the um, the force pull and force push. Uh, force slow run. has been changed as a mechanic a little bit, so there aren't like any puzzles revolving around that aspect anymore. Instead, it's kind of like a like an ultimate combat ability, ability. yeah, with, with cooldown, yeah, which is fine. Oh, you know? yeah. Although I did kind of miss it, but there is so much more to fill the gap too now because in addition to starting with those and and even like the hacking droids with BD thing and uh, they added uh, two or three new stances, um, fully expanding the the split saber stance, which was just a single attack in the last game. They made it into a fully realized stance that's a lot of fun. Uh, they added a blaster stance that incorporates a blaster with another That's my favorite saber. one. That's my favorite one. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. Boom, boom, pow. And a cross guard stance like Kylo Ren's, um, all of yeah. which was promoted before the game, so not a spoiler. <laughs> also, um, can I just say, um, how the fuck does this dude die? Because let's be fucking for real. Um, he knows four different stances. Obi-Wan used one. Vader uses one. And this <laughs> motherfucker's like, here's a blaster, bitch. Double blade, bitch. Surprise, motherfucker. Cross guard. You're like, how the fuck? Like, this dude is rednecking it all through the fucking galaxy. <laughs> cross guard is actually a really difficult stance, though. It is. I fucking it's difficult to master, but rewarding if you do, because... Yeah. Yeah, there's it's so good. It's just slow with like heavy hitting. And, and so, like, there are definitely advantages. Like, my current setup that I have is because uh, you, you can equip two stances at a time at meditation points. Um, and so I currently have the blaster and the cross guard equipped. And blaster and double blades. Blaster yeah, and double I blades. I had that for a while. 
I go yeah. between. I always have double blades um, equipped. That that's my favorite. And uh, well, Soka is my favorite Star Wars character, so very inspired. Yeah. Um, and then oh, yeah. I go between the cross guard and then the dual blade because that is just awesome, and I can feel like Darth Maul when I wield that. Um, and I, I, I wish you could equip more stances at once and maybe I'm again, not that far in the game. Maybe you unlock more as you go along. I don't know. Um, but I'm just, I've been spoiled by ghost of Tsushima where you have all four of your stances and you Mm. can just go between them very flawlessly. So I would like in the next game, like that's, that's something I would want is the ability to be able to just like effortlessly swap between your stances. Cause I don't really see a logical reason why he wouldn't be able to do that apart from just artificially inflating the difficulty of the game so i want to uh have more versatility in the actual combat abilities that he has at any well given i mean time. if you think about it at the beginning of survivor um you kind of learn to use another stance at the beginning and so maybe he has to get in touch with the force and meditate so yeah. that he can figure out where to place his power so in the next game where it's more in the future he will have mastered how to just use the force to or use his mind or use his abilities whatever to quickly move to a next stance which is kind of how they did it with this game regarding Mm -hmm. you know skills and stuff you kind of maintain all that stuff so yeah a lot of fluidity with it explain (laughs) the uh the uh dark souls respawn mechanic in universe also can i say because we're talking about dark souls and i mm, can i can we all disagree i understand why vader blew the fuck up jetta i get it (laughs) i fucking get it because fuck that goddamn scorpion fuck that little bitch yeah no kidding that scorpion was a was a bitch defeat to beat i remember that um i'm like Although you find, remember, if you just find it on the left side, it's so much easier. <laughs> that is true. Um, there, there have been several like optional boss battles against beasts that I, uh, I would it felt just hitting my head against a wall, and then oh. I haven't gone back to them. I should at this point because it's you can like build up your skills and get stronger, and then come back and do that. So I, I need to go back and defeat some of the uh, the monsters and figure out like what they're guarding because I want to know. I want to unlock an stuff. Easter egg with one of them that ties to um, ROTJ. Why am I thinking only ROTJ? I, I was Return debating whether or not that's too much of a spoiler. I, I'll, I'll leave it a surprise, but yeah, yeah, that one kicked my ass. I I had a, a very difficult time. With with that one, and you can uh, I him. had to come back to it. You can cheese yeah. the shit out of him. I did it. I came so, back wh- with the cross guard stance, and I had a lot better chances. But uh, tell me That's how good. to cheese that boss battle when we're done with this. I'd love. I to will. Hear. I got you. <laughs> yeah. What difficulty have you guys been playing on? Jedi, Jedi Grandmaster. Master. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm I'm the plebe on Jedi Knight. I'll I'll bump it up to Master, <laughs> I guess. I played the last game on night and and then at the very, very end, actually the last game I started in master went, went to Dathomir early and completed the whole like first fuck like, early Dathomir. Dathomir yeah. section. Oh my God. Fuck on, Dathomir and fuck Jetta. Or no, Dathomir made me switch to night. And so then I played the majority mm-hmm. of the game on night. And then at the very, very end, when you're fighting the second sister, I had to switch it to Padawan. I was getting too frustrated, and I wasn't having fun anymore. So I finally caved in. Um, but this game yeah. I've been playing in Master, and it's been just about my um, my level. Like, And in my, my recent playthrough of Fallen Order, I also was on Master. Um, there is a, a cameo. There is a boss. I am not going to spoil it, but I bumped all the way down to... Um, 
I don't even remember. What's the beginner level in this game? There's is it Padawan? story mode. Story. So I bumped all the way down to story for that because fuck that shit. It was hard. I died against that guy person. Um, I'm just picturing Sebulba, and I don't think it would be Sebulba, but it, I, I want to battle Sebulba now from <laughs> Phantom Menace or get like a pod racer and, and go up against him. I would love that. That would be so fun. That'd right. be great. Okay, so the thing that I love about Star Wars, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a moment here, is that <laughs> it mean it means so much to so many people, myself included. It's my favorite thing in the universe. And it's uh, the thing I like about it and why I don't, I, I don't tear down like Star Wars properties. I know there are strong opinions about the Star Wars sequels. I really like them. Um, but even if I didn't like them, I wouldn't go around uh, just tearing them down. The reason being there are so many Star Wars fans from all over the world and every single Star Wars property, whether it's like a book or a game or a TV show or whatever, is going to be someone's favorite thing. And just as someone who loves this universe, I don't feel that it's my place to go around and telling people what parts of it are good and what parts of it are not good. Um, and I love that we have this video game that feels like a celebration of all of these different areas. Um, and yeah, it does it exist in its era? So we're not going to see things like, you know, Ray and Kyle, Kyle Ren and, you know, the people in the sequels show up here in this game. But it's just so cool that people who are wanting to experience a video game on this level. They have the option to do that. And it, uh, it just, it brings me a lot of joy and I, I love playing the game, but uh, almost more than that, it's like, we would not be here talking about it. If the game didn't exist, if star Wars didn't exist, um, seeing everyone at star Wars celebration, get really hyped and excited about this game was really cool. And knowing that they they'll continue the series and hopefully do other games that are just as good, if not better in the future. It just brings me a lot of hope for what the future of Star Wars is going to be. And I'm just so psyched that we're here to experience it. Um, a lot of people have been, they've gotten like down on like what Disney has been doing. But we were in a drought for a very long time. Like Star Wars, we just were not getting enough of it. Now we're getting a lot of it. And I'm never going to complain about that. So I'm just yeah. really happy at the state that we're in right now for Star Wars. I Okay, I'm right there with you, Dan. Just yes. be, be happy there's Star Wars content. I mean, that yeah. that is a good thing. Um, I, I personally, like like you, I, I like the sequels. I think they're okay. They're not my favorite, but they're, they're, they're pretty good. I have some problems with The Last Jedi. It's probably my least favorite Star Wars film. Yeah. And yet on its own, it's a fake, great fucking film. And there are, are so many good things about it. And and again, at the end of the day, it's like we're getting more Star Wars. Take it or leave it. And if you don't like it, it's okay. But all that means is that we're getting more opportunities for more Star Wars. Because, you know, like some people, you know, despite how negatively the sequels were received, they did well commercially. And because of that, we're getting more. We got the Mandalorian. Um, ah, we got Fallen yes. Order and Jedi Survivor. So, you know, like like this is good shit. Um, and I'm just happy to see more Star Wars. Now, you know, again, if there was a little bit more cohesion, and I think we're seeing more of that finally uh, all around, I, th I think it would be better. But like I said, with Filoni in charge now, it's like... Oh, yeah. And, Fav and mm -hmm. Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something it's like like I said earlier on in the podcast, I was not a fan of Star Wars as a as a younger kid. I was more of a Trekkie um, and I still am a Trekkie, but I love Star Wars. I feel like there's so there's so much cultivation that can be had and made with this fandom in this universe. Um, 
I started it a while back, but I, I, I have since stopped. But now that I have a Kindle, I'm going to pursue it again. Um, there is something that if you're listening to the podcast and you are a Star Wars fan and you want to go through all the media, there is something called the Star Wars Canon Challenge, which you read all of the books tied to Star Wars. You read all of the comics. You watch all of the shows. You watch all the movies and you play all of the games. It is so cool, and I love that there is something dedicated to that and that there's this many people in the world dedicated to that. And and for some people, you know, somewhere that they feel like they can fit in and there's a group that they fit in with because there's so many people and it's – yes, it's heavily commercialized, but also I feel like at the same time, like, we as a as a fandom are, are so welcoming and accepting now. Are like, we, like, though? Like, 10, 15 years ago, no, because when <laughs> I was a kid, I fucking hated, like – Star Wars fans. Now it's like, oh, you watch The Mandalorian, bro. You got to watch this show. You got to watch this. You got to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. Like, because there's added content, it gives room for new fans and it gives room for more people to appreciate it. Like, um, like I said, you know, at the beginning of the episode, my dad is, uh, my parents are moving in with me. Um, they're, I, they're, they're retiring. I'm taking care of them. I now, as an adult, get to show my dad Star Wars content that he's never seen before. And I get to watch him be like a giddy little kid again because he loves Mark Hamill and he loves Star Wars. He's just more of a Trekkie. And that's okay. But the fact that I get to show him, you know, this game and I'll get to show him Din Djarin and show him Ahsoka Tano and show him like how much this has expanded since the 70s, since he was in the Coast Guard. Like, it's an amazing thing. Like, you get to tie generations together. It's 100%. so fucking cool. Yeah. And, and, uh, on Mark Hamill, I'm glad that you mentioned him because uh, there is another clip that's really, really awesome with Cameron Moynihan and yes. uh, Mark Hamill mm-hmm. that's just absolutely brilliant. I know I shared it with you guys. Uh, I've watched that so many times because it's so good. I love them, and I love how supportive Mark Hamill is of, of the game and how excited he is for, like, different media, too. Um, it's just, it's a cool fandom to be fucking involved in, guys. Oh, like, oh I love have... Mark Hamill. He, I love his spicy tweets. I love everything about him. Uh, we he just is the a, sass master. We just did an episode on uh, Collateral Cinema of, uh, of uh, Corvette Summer. Ooh, that's a good uh, one. Mark Hamill and Annie Potts. And uh, you know what's funny is he's not actually the best part about that film, Annie Potts is, but uh, it's probably his most like manic performance ever. But it's like you gotta love it because it's Mark Hamill. Absolutely. Mark Hamill is like one of the the brightest lights, I feel like, in Hollywood sometimes. He's has he's always up for like telling stories and interacting with fans, and he's very aware of you know being part of this really like amazing, <clears throat> incredible thing. He was just at the uh the star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame dedication for Carrie yeah, Fisher, for Carrie. and he, he spoke oh, that. Yeah. That was incredible to see. And so seeing him get involved with this game and be part of the marketing of it is just so awesome. And uh, and he's been involved with um, some of the new Disney Plus shows as well. And he's been kind of, you know, a force there, uh, literally and figuratively as well. So <laughs> it's um, it's just been so, so cool to see. I am really excited for uh, 2027 because that is the year that it will be the 50th anniversary of Star Wars. And I have a feeling that Disney and everyone involved is probably going to roll out some really cool stuff that year for the 50th celebration. So, uh, yeah, good things to come for for us later this decade. That'll, That'll also probably be when we get the third game. Probably. Hopefully. Yeah, that that timeline does work out. So it does work out. And that'll be probably the tail end of like the current console generation, depending. I mean, what are generations anymore? But um, that yeah. it, it might end up being one of the last games we'd see on like the PS5 slash Series S and, and X type consoles. 
before the PS6 and the <laughs> Xbox One ninety four times ten to the square root of four comes out. Whatever the fuck they exactly. call it. Seriously. <laughs> the Xbox whole unit. The, the Nintendo Switch <laughs> U Deluxe squared. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, well, well hell yeah, guys. I guess let's uh, get into our final thoughts here. Uh, starting with Dan as our guest. Uh, what uh, What are your final thoughts on, uh, or I guess your final thoughts so far? With, yeah, uh, so I'm loving this game. I'm between like 10 and 12 hours in. Uh, still a whole lot to explore and a lot to do. It's a slow-paced story at times, which I think can be catch you a little off guard if you're not expecting it. But if you're just there um, along for the ride, like don't rush through this experience, I guess is my best advice. Um, really enjoy like the different worlds you're seeing and, and live in, in that universe. Uh, but I am really loving it. Um, I was going to hold off and wait. It's probably going to come to Game Pass in like six months or so. I couldn't wait, so I got it on PS5. And um, yeah, I've just been having a really good time with it. I hope if people are playing and they've listened to us, they're having a good time with it. If you haven't played it or are curious about checking out um, Fallen Order and want to check this game out, uh, I just I, I definitely recommend it. Um, there's, you know, it's great for Star Wars fans and it's great for video game fans. So if you fall under either one, this is a really cool game to pick up. Hell yeah, man. Great. All right. And how about you, Zach? Um, to be honest, after finishing the game, it is a 9.5 out of 10 experience. I absolutely love it. I think that if you are a fan of Star Wars, if you enjoyed Fallen Order, this is an absolute must. Um, for me, I couldn't wait. I bought it. I bought the deluxe edition on release day. I was a fan. Of, I'm a member of EA Play or whatever that shit is called. <laughs> so I got it. I got the deluxe edition for like 10 bucks off. Um, I've enjoyed every second of it. I'm, I've got like 21, 22 hours logged and I've beaten the story, but now I'm just kind of running around collecting everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I highly advise diving into it. It's an amazing experience. The story is quite touching and, uh, the game already comes with new game plus. So dive in as soon as you, I, I'm diving right back in as soon as I finish everything so that I can just fully enjoy the story again. But yeah, no, I love it. Um, phenomenal game can't wait for number three fucking a man megan uh i'm i'm with both of y'all so far on your final thoughts i i loved cal Kestis's story originally and i love it again i think this was an amazing amazing game i've already finished it alan and i finished it together um he was not able to be on this episode because he is in another state doing work as he does um but we're all we in different it. states yeah what, uh, he's in kentucky excuse? and i'm in Bro. georgia he's well, working He's working on X-ray units. I'm sorry. Uh, um, but yeah, this was a, this was a great experience and Alan and I played it together and it was so much fun. And it, it was a little bit of a reminiscent uh, time for us too, because our first episode together was Fallen Order. Um, so we've come full circle and, and we love it. And, you know, we love the Star Wars universe. You know, we're, we're moving into a house and we're planning on buying all of the memorabilia that we can. And um, I think this is a great experience for, for any gamer really. But if you're a fan of Star Wars and you're thinking about picking up either one of the games, it is so much fun. It is a great time, and I just 110% recommend it. You'll fall in love with uh, with all the, the mechanics that you have, all of your characters, all of your side characters, Scuba Sev looking at you, my guy. Um, it's just great, and I think it's just it, it's something that, of course, we needed to talk about because we're all fans of the series, and we all love it, but also just um, as a gamer in general. Um, it, it picks up a lot of cues from games that have come out in recent times, and it's just so much fucking fun. Like, there are some points where you want to throw 
throw the controller, but you just can't wait to pick it up and continue doing and going through Cal Kestis's journey. And there's nothing else I could recommend as a gamer. Nice. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I love, love, love everything they've done with this game. Again, you know, probably could have waited a little while. <laughs> there, there was no real reason to get it out within this time frame. But despite that, phenomenal game. Uh, fantastic job from everybody at Respawn. Um, I, I've loved every second of it so far. As someone who, like Dan, I, I haven't beat the game yet either. Um, I'm uh, midway through, I, I, I believe, Chapter 4 or... Um, and uh, still enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, I may not finish it before Tears of the Kingdom comes out, but that's okay. I'll come back to it because uh, it is, uh, it literally will be the next game on my list because it has just been absolutely incredible. Um, everything I loved about Fallen Order and more. I mean, hell, you can even do, we didn't talk about this, you can do fucking uh, um, uh, Jedi Mind Tricks. Like, Shit, there's a whole mechanic around confusing enemies, you know, and, and, yeah. and making them fight each other. So cool. and, and even some story moments where you can, uh, you know, use the uh, uh, Jedi mind trick to uh, to progress. I mean, there's even an optional area you can get to in the game where you can make these guys lower a shield for you just by using a Jedi mind trick. And uh, I feel like that that was the one thing that I had, had forgotten about that wasn't there in Fallen Order. <laughs> that really just shows how far uh, Cal has come as a Jedi. I mean, because I, I believe we mentioned in our last review that at the end of Fallen Order, Cal is the equivalent of a regular Jedi Knight. You know, your run-of-the-mill Jedi Knight. Would stand no chance against Vader. That's horrifying. In this game, he's really come into his own, and he's kind of starting to make his way up there, maybe towards the master level. Uh, we'll see how the end plays out here. And uh, obviously, I, I think... Uh, there's room for a sequel. Um, again, I haven't beat it yet, but from what I've heard, um, there's definitely room for more. And I let you know wouldn't how great it would be if this became the the Star Wars trilogy that everybody's been waiting for. Oh yes, absolutely, my guy. So hell yeah. Well, alrighty then. We'll go ahead and get into our plugs here. Uh, starting with you, Dan. Uh, what's going on with Victims and Villains, uh, Tech Raptor, and everything you're doing? Absolutely, yeah. I know Victims and Villains is uh, are chugging along and and getting out you know new content over there. They've been on a bit of a hiatus, but I know there's some good stuff in the pipeline there. So definitely keep an eye out for what they are working on and and what we're doing over there. Um, over at Tech Raptor, I'm going to be doing a lot of content this month um, about Zelda, <clears throat> maybe some Star Wars stuff. Um, and I've got, uh, you know, some other articles from uh, floating around as well. So if you want to check me out there, you can look up my name at uh, techraptor.com. And uh, yeah, I'll, otherwise, my Twitter is uh, DRock6499. I just retweet a lot of video game stuff. Um, and those are the best places you can find me. Hell yeah. And uh, we'll have some more of Dan the Man in our next episode on uh, our, our season finale on uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yes, it's coming. Yes, uh, this Friday we'll be playing it. And maybe a week later we will be uh, talking about it. And uh, at least part one. Part one will be spoiler-free like this episode, but then part two, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. So I uh, can't wait to have you again for that. Can't wait to have all four of us together once again. Um, and like I always say, Dan, you're welcome on any time. I mean, hell, at this point, 
you know, you're hardly even a guest. I know. <laughs> so I'm much. like, guest? <laughs> it feels great to be here. I'm so happy I found you guys, and I'm always down to talk video games with uh, cool people. So always happy to come back on. Hell oh, yeah, man. man. Oh, yeah. So, Please come um, back anytime. We love you, Dan. Aw. <laughs> I love oh. that we didn't end up doing this, but I, we all we got Jedi Survivor the same day. We were all playing it the same day. We had a group chat, and like that was that was just so fun. Like talking, uh, I I love talking games, and uh, even when we're not doing the podcast, we're talking about it in in other mediums. So it's been cool, and I'm sure we'll be chatting about Tears of the Kingdom as we're all playing through that as well. Oh yeah, most definitely. So I cannot wait for that, and I uh, can't wait to, for uh, Collateral Gaming Season Five. Uh, you know, start, uh, getting into the planning stages, uh, or sorry, no, season six. This is season five. <laughs> I was going to say, what? Hold on. <laughs> See, even I lost track. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, season six, uh, which we are, you know, entering the planning stages of. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot more to look forward to. I know there's new games coming out uh, that's going to make it even more exciting. And like I said, uh, Zelda is is going to be a blast. Um but you can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google. We'll have it all in the show notes. Uh, and check us out on social media as well, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, if you enjoy what we do and you want to support us, we do also have a Patreon. And uh, as soon as I get a new capture card or uh, the next time I visit San Antonio and use Bose, uh, we'll get some more um, Let's Play video game commentary content out. Uh, for our patrons. Yeah, I want to do some stuff for the Patreon too. Let me move first and get established and then uh, and then I promise, I know I've been saying it for a dang year now, but I promise I've been trying. It's just 800 square feet is not enough to have captured cards and everything and all the equipment that you need, especially when you have a desk this small and you have five laptops on it. So it's fine. Everything's fine. Hey man, I just turned my fucking uh, living room into a recording space. I'm, I'm going to put some foam panels up and shit, because this is my space. Uh, I'm thinking about putting like some blankets up and shit over the cu- the uh, openings, and that way I can kind of soundproof this a little bit. Um, it would probably be a bummer if someone started loudly playing music outside. So, should find a way to work against yeah. that. Uh, I thought yeah. about converting like the walk-in closet to a recording space, but then I was like, nah, I'd rather be in here, have the TV in front of me. I mean, right now I've had I have a playthrough of Fallen Order or sorry, Survivor, on in the background, so. That's handy. <laughs> Schnazzy. Hell yeah. Alrighty. Well, I guess that's it for this episode, everyone. Uh, that being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor. I have been and always will be Zachary Gio. I've been Megan Gomez. And I am currently Dan Rockwood. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Collateral Gaming, and you have enjoyed this episode. You have enjoyed this episode. I have enjoyed this episode. <laughs> it's so good.
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.